for several weeks on Sunday night, we've been studying the Ten Commandments. And particularly the Ten Commandments today as they relate to us and as they relate to what we should be doing. And I know many of you have made comments that some of your friends and your neighbors have even asked questions about the Ten Commandments and you've engaged them in this study and in the discussion of these things. And I want us tonight to uh, begin by introduction again to go to a passage which is so valuable and that's Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 through 40. Because in that passage our Lord really takes the Ten Commandments and boils them down to two great commandments. Jesus said to him, the man who had asked the question, what was the great commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And even the Ten Commandments, if you really want to boil them down, the first four commandments are relating to man's relationship to God. And then those last six of the ten relate to man's relationship with man. And being faithful to God means that one has a right attitude toward others. In fact, in 1 John he says, if a man says he loves God and hates his brother, he made it clear that you cannot love God whom you have not seen if you can't love your brother whom you have seen. These two things are inseparably connected to one another. And tonight, love and respect for one's parents is a fundamental biblical principle. We sometimes think that we have the church over here, and because of that, the church has its own set of needs and functions, and that the home is over here, and that there's no intersection between them, and that's just not the case. Because what we do as God's people not only affects what we do when we assemble together in services, but it affects how we live in our homes. It also affects how we live as citizens within our country. And so tonight we're going to talk about this biblical principle. And let me point out to you how much of a needed topic this really is. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, Paul writes Timothy that in the last days men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. He's talking about people who are being characterized by a lack of respect for God, their parents, and man. And we realized that this morning when we were discussing the role of widows in the auditorium class, that today we live in a situation where people no longer are exhibiting the kind of respect that they ought. So here's what we're going to do, as we have in the previous, is we're going to look at the meaning of the commandment, take it and look at it almost word for word, and then to talk about the message that it has for us today. Honor your father and your mother. The word honor means to praise, it means to reverence, it means to respect, and yes, it means to repay, and we're going to look at that in just a few minutes. Second of all, we go to the Bible and we find out 
that in Exodus 14 and verse 4, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his honor army and over all that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. You see, God's honor was his respect. He wanted the Egyptians to respect him, fear him more than he did Pharaoh. In Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, though, is perhaps the clearest indication. Where Malachi writes, for God, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Do you see the parallel there between the word reverence and the word honor? So for one, to honor God means to revere God. To honor your parents means to revere them, to respect them. In the book of Numbers, chapter 22, verse 17 and 37, we see, though, where it carries with it a little bit different idea. When Balak hired Balaam to cast the uh, spell on or curse upon the children of Israel, He made a promise to him, made an offer to him. He said, for I will certainly honor you greatly and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come and curse this people for me. Verse 37, then Balak said to Balaam, did I not earnestly send to you, calling for you? Why have you not come to me? And am I not able to honor you? What Balak was willing to do was to pay Balaam, or repay Balaam, so to speak, for he is cursing the children of Israel. In chapter 24 and verse 11, after Balaam was unable to do that, Now therefore flee to your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact the Lord has kept you back from honor. I'm not going to pay you because you didn't curse them. The word honor there indicates the idea of repayment. And in Proverbs 3 and verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the firstfruits of all your increase. There it's very clear. God pours out his blessings and man's honor that he expresses back to God is in the sense that he repays God with the firstfruits, the beginning of his harvest. So honor your father and your mother. Those are the ones who brought you into this world. They have provided for you your nurturing, your guidance, your education. They are your biological parents, but also a parent is someone who provides for your needs. And so one who is a foster parent or a step-parent is just as much one as who is a biological one. In Genesis 2 and verse 24, we see that. In the beginning of the first marriage between Adam and Eve, and that which pattern would follow for those who would come after, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Those who provided us life. In Proverbs 1 and verse 8, Solomon would say, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Or in chapter 23, verse 25, Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. I think that's very obvious to each of us. 
But then the promise that your days may be long upon the land. For many of us today, it's very difficult to understand the connection between the land promise and God's law. But you see, when God led the children of Israel into the promised land, it was already occupied by the Canaanites. In fact, seven nations were occupying that land. And God allowed the children of Israel to drive them out and for them to possess the land. But it was conditional. It was conditional on whether or not they obeyed God in all things. And there are times when they chose not to obey God and God sent them away in captivity. And he's going to express that. For instance, in Deuteronomy 4, verse 40, he said, You'll keep his statutes, his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord God is giving you for all time. If you want to enjoy it, do what God says. Chapter 32, 47. For it is not a futile thing to you or for you because it is your life. And by this word you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. And then Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22. You'll keep my statutes, my judgments, and perform them that the land where I am bringing you to dwell may not vomit you out. God is saying... You can go there, but you've got to do what is right or it's going to throw you out just like its inhabitants before you. I don't think that was too difficult to understand. Let's apply the message of it for us. Some people, when they read, honor your father and your mother, would simply think, well, I've just got to show them some respect. As we discussed this morning about how in our generation many of us were taught to say yes sir and no sir, yes ma'am and no ma'am. We were taught to show deference to and respect to those who were older than us. But there's much more to this than that. In Leviticus 19 and verse 3, Every one of you shall revere his mother and father, And shall keep my Sabbaths, I am the Lord your God, to revere them. That is to put them in a position of respect. You cannot do certain things and put them in that position of respect. Honoring them means that you will not mistreat them in any way. Let me illustrate that to you. In the same context of Exodus 20 comes Exodus 21 where it's almost like you see the creation in Genesis chapter 1 and then you come to Genesis chapter 2 with the focus being upon man. In Exodus chapter 20, you have the giving of the Ten Commandments and then beginning with chapter 21, you have further details that explain. He said in chapter 21 verse 15, And he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Verse 17, And he who curses father or mother shall surely be put to death. Now, folks, that's pretty stern. But God wanted there to be such a clear distinction about right and wrong that those children who did not show proper respect, in fact, mistreated their parents, were subject to the death penalty. This is capital punishment. You know, our society today, if you ask 
what kind of crimes deserve the death penalty? We've got now where you to be uh, deserving of the death penalty. You have to kill somebody with hatred and malice and premeditation. It's got to be first degree murder. In biblical times, there were some things that were very important to God. In Proverbs 28 and verse 24, whoever robs his father or his mother says, it is no transgression, the same as a companion to the destroyer. Chapter 19, verse 26. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. To rob them. To take from them. You know, for the last few days I've been trying to read, and there's actually a place called the National Center for the Abuse of the Elderly. And uh, I actually printed out a sheet, left it on my desk. It was supposed to be brought up here with me. But uh, I can tell you that there's several kinds of abuse. And it's very prevalent, a lot more than people realize. Just like there's child abuse with parents who look at their children and they show no respect to them, there's some people who look at their parents. And much of this goes on quietly behind closed doors in the sense that there's physical abuse. They hit them. And they threaten them. There's emotional abuse where they make them feel as if they're a burden and they're unworthy of being loved. Theft. Where parents have whatever this theirs, their children are taking it away from them and depriving them of that which is rightfully theirs. You remember Solomon And Proverbs 28 and Proverbs 19 made clear that that was wrong and sinful. And many of them are experiencing abandonment. Their children will no longer see to them. They'll no longer make sure they're okay. And some of them even die without anyone noticing because their children do not care. Honoring your parents means that you will not mistreat them. But honoring one's parents also means providing for them in their older age. If you go to Mark chapter 7, in fact, if you want to, I'd encourage you to turn to this passage. This is perhaps one of the ones that needs to be understood because it was misunderstood in the Lord's day. There were people who had this idea that they could have some sort of exemption from taking care of their parents. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or his mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, and then Mark defines what Corbin means, That is a gift to God. Then you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or mother. Making the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. Which you have handed down and many such things you do. You see they had developed this practice. By a person setting aside a certain portion of their money. And say this is what I'm going to take care of mom and dad with. 
And then when they come along and they say, well, rather than this being designated for my mother and my father, I'm going to call it Corbin. That is a gift to God. And so because of that, these people no longer gave their mother, their father anything. They were put at the mercies of everyone else. When Paul writes Timothy, he makes it clear that a person does this. He's denied the faith and he's worse than an unbeliever. And Jesus said, when you do that, you have made the word of God no effect. In other words, you've denied what scripture says that one ought to do. Listen to 1 Timothy 5, 4, and 5, 8. But if any has widows or any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable to God. Verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. If a person refuses to honor his parents by seeing that their needs are provided for, he said that's worse than an unbeliever. Even the unbelievers will do that. Sometimes the unbelievers may even put believers to shame in the way that they show compassion and concern for their elderly parents. He says honoring them is right. Why is it right? Because we owe it back to them. They provided for us as children. This morning we discussed the fact that sometimes you have a child that's three years old, four years old. Where's their food going to come from? Where's their clothing going to come from? Where's their housing? They don't think anything about it because they're not of age to be able to take care of those matters. They're not physically capable of taking care of those matters. The same thing is true about elderly parents. They're no longer able to work. They're no longer able to provide for their needs. And so we owe it to them as their children, their grandchildren, to make sure that we repay them. Just like there were times when we were sick, clothes, money, education, recreation, we owe it back to them. And... One thing that I've often mentioned to people is we're training our children to take care of us in our old age. You want to know how your children are going to take care of you? You're training them how to do that by the way you take care of your parents. If you show no concern for your parents, don't be surprised if you reap what you've sown. I know that's a harsh word to hear, but that's, that's reality. But you see, honor is more than just money. I think it's very easy for us in our day and age when there's plenty of money, it seems, to go around and do most of the things that we want to do. But there'll come a time when you may be able to want and want to spend some time and talk with your parents and cannot. Those of us who have lost our parents would love to be able to sit down and ask a few questions to be able to have some wise guidance and advice. But they're no longer there to be able to ask them that. Some children long for their parents' attention. Have you ever seen a little child come up to mother or daddy and want the mama's and daddy's attention? Oh, I, I'm busy. I'm watching television. 
Oh, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I, I'm busy. I've got to go. And the children get none of their parents' attention. And do you realize that sometimes older parents, those same ones who fail to show that concern for their children, now the elderly long for their children's attention. Somebody to call them, to check on them, to see how they're doing, to ask how their day has been. You see, as you look at it, it's not all about money. It's, it's just like when you're rearing your children. It's not all about the money. Yes, it takes money. But a lot of it is the love, the compassion, and the concern that is shown. If you have your parents, honor them. They may not be perfect, but neither were or are you. None of us can claim the fact that we've done everything correct, but if you have your parents, I encourage you to at least thank them for bringing you into this world. And you might be surprised if they did more things for you than sometimes you realized. But in honoring them, we also honor our Heavenly Father. You see, I've, I've talked to some people who have not had very good parents. And for them, many times, they have the difficulty of, of taking honoring of their physical parents to honoring God. Because in the Bible, God is our Father. But there's one distinction about our Father in heaven, and that is He has always done everything for our benefit. God has always given us everything that we need. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks find. And he who knocks it will be opened to him. For which of you having a son, if he asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? And then finally, the greatest honor that you can bestow upon your parents is by being obedient to them. You see, I saved Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to the end. And the reason being is because that's where it's restated in the New Testament as well as what we have in Mark 7. And Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the land. Tonight, you can honor greatly God the Father by being obedient to his will. And what does he ask of you? He asks of you to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. He asks of you to confess your faith in him. He asks of you to repent of your sins and then to be baptized for the remission of those sins. That's not too great of a thing to ask of any of us. But then God asks of those of us who are His children that once we sin, once we violate His law, to come back and ask for forgiveness. 1 John 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It may be that tonight you need to become a Christian or you need to be restored to faithfulness. We're going to sing this song of encouragement. If you need to come, will you do so as we stand, as we sing?